Shus. Well, the ask for Shlita. My ever not boy side. Ach, I very yeah. A good avoch. It's truly been a particular nachas to spend Shabbos, the wonderful Bali Achsanya, and the Achsanya of the community, Kinahara. It's inspiring. It's a chizik for me as well, Baruch Hashem. I remember some, now more than 40 years ago, I was sitting with my father-in-law, previous Rosh Hashiva in Long Beach, and he had just come down from meeting with the Talmud who had come to consult with him. And it had been a long meeting, a tiring and a grueling session. And the Rosh was completely drained. And then he said to me, that is us Givarim. When did it happen? As a Rashiva that a Rashiva needs to be a mother too. And I was young then, and perhaps a bit too brazen. And I told Rashiva, is that something really new? Long ago? He said Am I the parent of this nation? Did I bear them? And the Targum, both Targum Unkelis and Targum Yanison, and a number of the Rishayim, they all say that the Torah deliberately uses a double ocean. That's to indicate do I need to be the father and do I need to be the mother? Rashiva was weary and worn from the long session. He wasn't too eager for my wise comment. So I remember that he told me, Eitzachayim. didn't need to be a mother to his Talmudim. But no doubt, things are changing. And if 40 years ago, it was different from what it was 40 years before that, now we are light years away. That Pesach says that the Torah has specifically intention when it doubles the Lush and the the Masa that's on the leader he says it's like a single parent a mother is bringing up children alone, Dora Chaim says. And she needs to play a dual role, both that of the father and that of the mother. She asks, And that's, says, I'm playing the dual role. I'm the father, I'm the mother, and the Machanach, the Rebbe, the Mora, the Shiva, and as today we're all really in a critical and an unusual time, every parent, mother or father, we often find ourselves with a need to fill the double function, a dual function, a twofold, a chrais, both that of the father and that of the mother. 
But what is it that distinguishes the two roles, the twin roles? What's the essential role of the father? What's that of the mother? The Maharal teaches us, the Pasuk Mishlei says, Shema b'ni Musar avicha, and he says that Musar, those are words that might be harsh, their tone may be stern, it may be unembellished, maybe sometimes even accompanied with a rod. And they, the Maral says, that's the domain of the Father. Chazal tell us, the Maral says, Goli v'yodua, and he knows Yira is more fearful of his father than his mother and lessons he says that need to be dispensed with a touch of fear and apprehension says therefore the Torah the Pasuk says Shema B'ni Musar Avicha Musar he says, those are words which are strict. They're uncompromising Musa. And that's reserved for Inyanim, he says, though, which the Inyanim themselves are unambiguous. He says they're uncompromising. So, Essentially, what he's saying is that in Yonim and Chinuch that are grave, they're clear-cut issues, they need critical and explicit admonition. That's Musar, and that's Musar Avicha, the Pasuk says. But not so, like the Maral. If we're talking about the initial and essential essential domain of the mother, Goli v'yodua, l'fnei mishamar v'hoi ha'olam, the mother coddles her child. She caresses her child. She nurtures her child. She entices, she entices the child into her embrace with love and not with fear, essentially. But the Maral says that that line of attack, that's not appropriate for acute and very specific inyanim and issues of gravity. Those that need to lie in the sphere of the father type of chinuch. The mother's embrace, he says, that's essentially, that's inyanim, he says, that are more delicate. Yanam that and Yanam that perhaps are not so explicit. And Yanam which are perhaps imprecise. Those are in Yanam the Bernal says of Anhaga, of Derecharetz, of general values, how one eats, how one acts, how he behaves, how he lives within his means, the Maral says. And those are lessons that are essentially, they're more ambiguous. Those, he says, are more typically the domain of the mother. Values which are not so clear-cut, 
values of sentiment, values of emotion, they need to be transmitted in the velvet and soft caress of a mother. And often today, we fathers find ourselves in a situation that we need to stand in and sometimes help out and help with that, stand in for that essentially maternal role. The Archaim HaKadosh says that often there needs to be one who fills both roles. Like the single parent was compelled to do the dual function. No choice in the matter. So too, there's a machanach, and that machanach of today, and the reshiva of today. Yeah, Frequently, in our generation, now 40 years later, it can be either or both parents that each needs to fill both of seemingly contrary roles. The altar of Slabotka, you know, he could indeed play the role, the role of the moment. He could be stern and he could be loving. <coughs> but for us, typically, it's a lot more difficult. More often than not, when we're confronted with a situation, with a relationship that demands both tenderness and toughness, we end up watering down each. We end up with a single middle-of-the-road demeanor that really doesn't do full justice to either. We regard our Talmudim and children with perhaps the... with neither of, of the appropriate sternness that they need for those in Yonim, nor with the appropriate compassion for Yonim which call for that. It's not easy to maintain the possibility of two very distinct dispositions to one in one single relationship. That's a challenge. That's not a pushta thing to do. I'm reminded of a situation that happened several decades ago. My shver Rashiva Zchon Lavracha had a Talmud. Today, this Talmud is a Hashem Rosh Hashiva in Eretz Yisrael. But then, he was developing Yeshiva Bachar. And not only that, he came initially from a Hebrew day school background. And he was becoming, under the tutelage of Rosh Hashiva, he was, he was becoming a serious mentorian, a Mitzurian and learning, a Balashkafa. He was becoming a real Ben Aliyah. He was growing into what he is today, Baruch Hashem, a Godel Dikar Mensch. But the nature culture, the native culture that he had, didn't disappear so quickly. He was an athletic fella. He still enjoyed very much going skiing. He enjoyed playing tennis. Not necessarily pursuits that the Rosh Hashiva regarded then as fitting for that stature that this Bacha was developing. It didn't even fit completely, wasn't completely compatible with the Madriga and the Tzur that he was trying to portray in the yeshiva, top bocher, makur by the yeshiva, and a dogma, and it didn't fit yet. It wasn't so easy for him to move past 
what was natural to him growing up as an American day school kid. And then it happened <coughs> over one off Shabbos, this Chosh of the top Bachar Yeshiva, he couldn't help and he took a heavy of guys and they went on a skiing trip. And sure enough, the Rashiva found out about it and he was not terribly excited. And he was pretty upset. It didn't fit with the evolving madriga of this bocher. And the Rashiva called him in. He called him into the office. And the poor guy stood there, Ovel, the Chafui Rosh, as Rashiva let him know exactly how he felt. And he really couldn't pick up his face much. He didn't have too much to say. When the Rashiva was finally done, and this poor stricken Bachar opened the office door to leave, the Rashiva waited Dafka till he was leaving. And then he called him back. Hey, Tzachai, come, come back a moment. And the Rashiva said, Zakhar, tell me, I don't understand. When you go skiing, you obviously come flying down the mountain. So how do you get back up to the top of the mountain again? And this Bachar like, was really stunned. But she wanted to know, so he explained to him the concept of a ski lift and how it works. And... and he had Rashiva, let him have it. On the way out, he calls him back after he left. He stepped out, oh, come to What did Rashiva want? Was he so curious that he couldn't let this bucket go without getting educated a little bit about the mechanics of skiing? I mean, it was completely foreign to his world and a European-born Rashiva. He knew next nothing about skiing. And I don't think he really had a pressing need at that moment to finally learn out, learn about it. I think he suddenly needed to be educated in skiing. I think he meant to demonstrate two things. Firstly, he wanted to make that subtle distinction that not everyone makes so easily. He wanted to show the Talmud that we're not talking about here of Nyanim of Divri Avera. We're not talking and dealing with something that's so trafe that we can't even discuss it. Yes, we are talking about something that I believe, for you, it's concrete halacha. At this stage, a halacha is delivered unforgivingly, and I don't know at all retract my strong reproach to you. He let him have it. He told him very clearly. And that remained intact. But at the same time, I recognize that underlying these inyanim are inyanim of values. And I recognize that you might be still grappling with the appropriate madrega. I can understand your culture. I can understand your attraction to skiing. I can recognize that you can't let it go so easily. And I can talk with you. And I can talk with you about skiing. I can tell you honestly, were I to be in that situation today, there's a chash of a bacher. I wouldn't be able to do it. I call him the bacher, and I put my hand around his shoulder, I tell him, Yankee, it's pastish for you, come on. Oh, but she didn't do that. He called him in, and he ranked him out. And he told him, unhesitatingly. And then he left, and he called him back again. And then he showed him the ava. The Musa is Altitash Shmabri Musa Ravicha. 
That's one. And that was delivered with its full chaymer. And the next one, there's a caress and there's a love. I love you dearly and understand and to be able to balance that. And we can't do it. We just blend it all together in one approach and it's a difficult thing. I think secondly, the Roshiva also didn't want to let the Bachar out of the office just chewed out and censured. Yeah, it's true, rebuke needs to be delivered sometimes harshly and uncompromising, uncompr- uncompromisingly, but I'm not going to let you leave my office that you can't pick up your face and you can't come to talk to me and learning for a month because you can't show your face back again. I need to show you one punim of undiluted teichacha, real musravicha, and at once, I'll show you another punim. I'll show you a punim that's the caress of a loving mother. I'll show you the punim of someone that adores you and it has such a full faith in Mir Hashem that you're going to grow to become the Rashiva that you can become. And how much I care for your Hatzlacha and for your growth. And I can show you each of those. And I want you to come back. I just lose with you. You don't have to shterzach. But not only do we have to be able to have two distinct faces, we also need to know how to distinguish between something which is halacha and requires Musa Ravicha and something which is Indian of values and something which is Indian of Derech And what's perhaps halacha for one child, for one Talmud, might only be an aspiration for another. And what's a rule for one might just be a goal to strive for in another child, in a younger child. What maybe was a strict edict of a bygone era, in today's Tukufut, it may be just an admirable objective. We need serious discrepancy to be able to distinguish when we apply Musravicha and when we apply Teresimecha. The interesting thing, the Rambam tells us, the Rambam states that just like Talmidim are obligated in Kvoid murder in Kvoid Rabbam, the Rav also needs to mechabed his Talmidim. How does the Rambam compare these two? One is a chiv de raisa and the pasuk meir rabcha kavayer shemayim, and kashem shechayovim. So too, the rab is has to be mechaber the talmud. It may be a wise idea to demonstrate a respect for a talmud, but how does that measure up to the chiv de raisa of meir rabbi? The chiv of nei seva tokom to mechaber talmachacham meir rabbi. The Rambam. When he starts that parak, the Rambam says, Just as a child is in the covenant in the year of a parent, Even a greater chiyav than kibbutz. And now he tells us, How do we jump from? That greatest chi of morning keep it that a Talmud has to a Rebbe 
a child to a teacher, a student to a teacher, and, and we jump now. But if you would like the Raman, the Raman doesn't say that the Rav is Chayev and the covet of the Talmud. He only says, Tzorech, Tzorech Lachabdim. It's a necessity. And just as the Talmud, his covet for his Rav, it really transcends the simple Chayev. It's not just an obligation, not just a mitzvah, not just a Chayev and the Torah. It's a necessity for Mesiris Torah. Torah that's transmitted outside of that Mesgeris, outside the Mesgeris of the appropriate cover of the Talmud to the Rav, that Torah will have no kiyam. And the Rambam tells us as well, similarly, Kishem, so too, Torah that's transmitted to the Talmud, that's outside of the appropriate Mesgeris of the cover to the Talmud, that equally will have no kiyam. Kishem, Shatamidim Chayovim, Bekvoid Harav, and if he doesn't, there'll be no kiyam. Outside of that misgeras, the Rebbe, who has no respect for his Talmidim, the Torah that he imparts to them will have no kiyam. But the Ramam goes further. The Ram adds another thing. needs to be mindful about them, and he needs to love them. He needs to love his Talmidim. So, and the Ramam adds, it shouldn't be so difficult for a Rebbe, for a teacher to love his Talmidim. If the, if the Rebbe understands, understands fully the nature of that relationship, the Ramam says, Talmidim heim habanim. They're really like children. They bring benefit to the Rebbe, not merely in Elam Haba. They give meaning to the Rebbe's Elam Haza. That's what defines his purpose. That's what defines his life satisfaction. But still, the Ramam says, He needs to love them. And we don't find a clear mucker where the Ramam takes this from. Where we don't find clearly where it says this. But it's especially difficult in the context of other words of the Maral. The Maral says a fascinating thing. The Maral says that Yes, he says an interesting ha'ara. Even though it's true, he says, that we're machuiv in moira avu'ein. V'chein tziva amoira rabbi. We also have a chiv amoira rabbi, moira tamil ha'chamim. But loy matzino. We don't find, Zakta Maral, a child isn't bound in the midst of Ava. That we don't have. Why not? It's not a lateral relationship. The child and the parent, the child and the Rebbe, they're not equals, they're not peers. So if it ain't Elu Shavim, there can't be a chiv ava. Ava could be We're equal, we're peers. Then you could tell me In an unequal and uneven 
non-peer relationship is like the Maral, there cannot be a chiv of Ava. That's not a level playing field. And there's no chiv of Ava. A chiv of Ava is like the Maral is a chiv between equals. There's no obligation of a chiv of Ava from a child to a parent or from a Talmud to a Rebbe. So it becomes all the more difficult. So how then does the Rambam say that the, the Rav must love the Talmud? If the relationship is unequal, from whichever side you're looking at it, it's not a level playing field. Abrazak the Rambam, no. The Rav must love the Talmud. I think the answer, though, is from another question that the Maharal asks on himself as he says this. And he says, if in fact I'm right, that Ava can only be a chiv in a lateral and level relationship, so how is it that we're obligated to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu? There is a mitzvah of Ava, Hashem, and certainly that's no lateral relationship. The Lashon of the Maharal, and Ken Yiksha, Ketz Lashem Yisbarach, Timsa Shtehem, there's no way, Kaviyocho, that we can talk about a level relationship. You can't even articulate. There's no way even to communicate that distinction. Nothing could be further from an even and lateral relationship. And the morale answers. The morale says, Ava, Pirush Ki Hashem Yisbarach, Hu Kiyum HaAdam. a person can exist. He's part of that Kaviyocho. He's a Chadu, with a Kodesh Baruch he says the one exception, the single situation where there could be a chiv of ava between two unequal parties is only where the ne'ahav, the beloved one, is part of the oyev. When I recognize that that other party is me, it's my life. The other one is my lifeline. Then I love him, just as I love myself. When that's hashlamasai, when that's me, unequal though it may be, but if I understand and recognize that that's me, then my rule doesn't apply. Then there could be a chiv of Ava. So regarding HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're obligated. We must recognize that Kaviyochal HaKadosh Baruch Hu is us. That's Hakim. That's Pashat. But regarding the Talmud, there's no chiv of Kavit. And there's no chiv of Ava from the Rebbe to the Talmud. It's not something that can be imposed. However, if there is no covet, if there is no Ava from the Rebbe to the Talmud, then obviously there's also no understanding of the essence, of the true essence of the relationship, of the connection. 
there's no recognition from the Rebbe to the Talmud and from the Talmud to the Rebbe that you're my life, that you're my lifeline, that you're my gun to kill. And that misgeras, there'll be no true transmission of Torah. So I think that sadly, in the current reality, it's not just the Rambam's admonition to us regarding the covet and the Ava of the Rebbe to the Talmud that we need to underscore. I think that we need to talk also about the covet and the Ava of a parent to a child. I don't think that that ever entered the Rambam's mind that he needed to admonish us about that. And it doesn't mean that it's essentially lacking, but it needs to be manifest. The Rambam, when he wants to give the Moshal about the Ava that the Rebbe has to have to the Talmud, so the Rambam says, I told me the main Kibonim, they're like children. That was the given. That was the ma- that was the Moshal. Today, the Moshal needs a Moshal. Unfortunately, although the Rambam maybe never considered that, he needs to tell us to appreciate the Ava to the child. I think today we perhaps need to focus on that a little bit. And today the child doesn't always necessarily feel that coming from the home, from his parents. The truth is that there's another Nakuda why the Rebbe, why the parent needs to manifest that covered and that Ava to the Talmud. The Grah says a fascinating thing in Shirashir. He says that mostly Ava is predicated when the Nehav has something that's special, something that's worthy, and it delineates there three general groupings of what cries for an Ava, what brings an Ava, and that commands affection. That chashivas of different things that he explains. But then he says afterwards. Then there's another dimension of Ava. The Gros says that even if the Nehav perhaps really harbors no special dimension of distinction of particular worthiness that would call for that Ava, but he says, Yesh Oid Ava. There's one more kind, there's one more dimension of Ava. She Kamayam upon him, Allah upon him, Peter. <coughs> There's a kind of Ava, and he speaks about this in terms of the Ava that we have to HaKadosh Baruch So besides all the Milas, Kaviyochel, that HaKadosh Baruch is a Toiv and a Meitiv and everything that he speaks there, but when Kashani Magish, that the other party loves me naturally and instinctively, that brings out my affection. I like to love people that love me. Famously, they say that Rabbi Kivayger said that the concluding bracha that we say in Brechus Kriyashma, before actually saying Kriyashma, the Hasimis Habracha is Oyev Ama Yisrael. How much HaKadosh Baruch Hu essentially loves us. That's the bracha. And we acknowledge HaKadosh Baruch Hu and that bracha, the profound Ava that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to call Yisrael. This, they say Rabbi Kivayger said, that's the entree. That's the Akdama to Krishna.
which commences with the mitzvah What's the foundation? Even if I'm not the big madriga, the Rambam Ketzin, but if I sense and recognize Akash Baruch Hu as Oyev Amo Yisrael, Kishani Magish, Shehu Oyev I see, Gamani Oyevai. The foundation, the simple, Pashat foundation for Avas Hashem is if the person can bring himself to be fully cognizant that Akash Baruch Hu is Oyev Amo Yisrael. The Alta Fakelem writes, that when it talks about chinuch, about teachers, says the teacher needs to be wise. You need to get the kids to love you. The Rebbe, the Rosh Hashiva, the Mora, you need to get the Talmidim to love you. Because only then are they really going to be eager to learn from you. He says, When are going to learn from a Rebbe, they need to love the Rebbe. They need to love the Mora. And they'll only love the Rebbe, and they'll only love the Mora, and they'll only love the parent. If they sense and they feel how much the parent and the Rebbe and the Mora loves them, and if it's true for a teacher, how much more true is it for a parent? If I feel that my mother and my father, if they love me, and they're eager to transmit to me those that Torah and those values that they love, I'm fine. But the moment that it's apparent to the child that the, that, that parent loves the values that they're trying to transmit more than they love the child, I'm not interested. If I find myself secondary to, any, to my parents' interests, they won't even be secondary to mine. I need to know that the value they're transmitting to me is because they love me, not just because they love the values. Of course, if they love me, they want to give me that which they love. But the foundation has to be, I'm not interested in them unless they're interested in me. I think that we can learn the parameters of the love and the Ava that we may have from children, there's a fascinating thing. There's a mitzvah in the Torah, a mitzvah of Ava's Hager. The Pasuk says, And Rashi says that whenever you find in the Torah such a Lashon, that in numerous places the Torah says this Lashon, Zakhtar Rashi, You have a flaw, don't say it to us. And this is really a Gemara. But the Gemara says that when we're talking not about the Mitzvah's Esa of Avas Hager, when the Torah is talking about the Mitzvah's Lois Haseh, there's an Esa of Leisainu Es Hager, not to Chepre Hager, Leisil Chatzenu. There's a Lois Haseh, not to act ne- negatively toward Hager, Rachman Lutzlan. Don't pain him, the Torah says. Don't pain him 
because you know better than he. But Rashi is Mahadish, and he applies that not just to the mitzvah, the loisa say, the, the iser prohibition of chapning gear, but even when the Torah is talking about the mitzvah's eser, the additional chiv of the gear, there too, you should love the gear because you know better than he was. Rashi says that. The Rambam, when he spoke, speaks in Hilchas Deus about this mitzvah of Abbas Hager, the Rambam says differently. He adds a whole new dimension to the mitzvah. The Rambam says, Abbas Hager, Shabbat v'nichnas tachas kamfei hashchina, shtei mitzvahs ese. It's included in two mitzvahs. He says, Achas, number one, because he's a yid. He's included in Vahafta l'reach ha'kamoecha now that he was Megaya. Vahachas, mepnei shehu ger. Vahatoyra amra, vahafta meshager. Zog de Rambam. Tziva al-avas hager, kemoy she tziva al-avas atzmai, kaviyochu. Akash brochu is mechaimus in the avat ha'ger, just like he's mechaimus in avas Hashem. Shenema, v'yohafta as Hashem alekecha, and so too, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Atzmai Oyev Geirim Shneem Av Oyev Geir The Ramam tells us that we're commanded to love the Geir because of that courageous move that he made Shabbat Allah Tachas Kamfi Hashchina and we love the Geir because we love HaKadosh Baruch Hu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves Geirim Shneem Av Oyev Geir Vasis Olechem Simla. So Rashi tells us that the dimension of the mitzvah of Avas Hager, that's despite that he's a ger. Don't diminish your Ava, no matter that he's a ger. Don't look down upon him because of that. But the Rambam tells us that the mitzvah of Avas Hager is not despite that he's a ger, but because he is a ger. Shabbat Allah says, Tachas Kamfei Hashchina, V'hakadosh Baruch Hu Atzma Oyev Geirim. There's another reason altogether which a regular Avos Reim doesn't have. And we need to recognize that our children, they live in a very, very different reality from the ones that we grew up in. The situations that confront them today in many ways are unprecedented. And we need to be cognizant of that simple truth that we really don't know how we ourselves would have fared if we were to have been brought up with all the Nisyanis that faces the current generation of children. We don't know for sure how we would have made out. And we also love them, like the Rambam says because they're courageous. That they're doing quite an admirable job. And we love them because they're championing Nisyanis that are really unprecedented, the Nisyanis of the contemporary era. And we know how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves them. So we have both aspects of that Avas Gerim to our own children. So, no doubt, it is true that there's an imperative 
that we need to transmit the less than explicit values that we spoke about. That's the underpinning of our Messiah. We also need to recognize the, the changing realities of our day, of our times. And we're walking a tightrope today. There's not one iota of a margin of error. We're like someone who we transverse, uh, on the one hand, a perilous chasm that lies beneath us. And both our arms are outstretched. On, on the one hand, you know, we hold a balancing bar. On, on the one hand, we need to grasp forever so strongly onto our Messiah, onto the Messiah of our parents, onto the Messiah of Gedele Yisrael, onto the values that they cherished, that they transmitted to us. But at the same time, the other arm also needs to be outstretched. And we need to be ever so sensitive to realities of the day. They're so drastically different than the realities of earlier times. We need to be sensitive to both. And we need to champion that balancing act. And we need to daven that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give us that tzlacha, the shmaya. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should bring the Gula Hashlema quickly. The Olu Mashiach Be'atziyayin. Be'mheru v'yameinu. Amen v'yameinu. Good luck.